Huge apologies if you are tuning in, hoping for the mellow tones and smooth delivery of peerless Piers Wayner. He has his hands full elsewhere, and I'm back from my bout with COVID to rest back control of the EGLSM microphone. Thankfully, though, you'll barely have to listen to me as I have a top tier panel with me to do most of the talking. Property's finest news editor, Pui Guan Man, rising star reporter, Evelina Grichenko, and with a little bit of persuasion, residential editor without equal, Emma Rosser. How are you all this week? Hello. <laughs> Good, thank you. How are you feeling, Jess? Are you, are you uh, I'm just about there. I'm, yeah, it just is like, the tiniest little bit of cold symptoms left, but it, it was just pretty much like a bad cold, but it, it did drag on. So um, it's not, yeah, it wasn't the worst thing in the world, but still, still, I recommend avoiding it, even if the government is pretty much insistent on everyone now getting it. <laughs> <laughs> well it's good to have you back <laughs> so let's start with Emma because uh it's been uh, one of our favorite times of year this week uh so so Emma how did you celebrate new housing minister day um <laughs> uh I I, I I I don't know if I fully celebrated it um to be honest but um it, yeah it was exciting we haven't had one for a little while actually no exactly it was a, it was a shame <laughs> it, the, the last incumbent lasted uh, surprisingly long time two whole years two whole years and the industry was relishing that to be honest um that that they had finally uh, and when I say the industry it, predominantly the built to rent um guys mm. that have been engaging over previous taxation um all have very positive things to say about Christopher Pincher mm-hmm. and nobody has a lot to say <laughs> about, about the new guy <laughs> yeah so what, what have you managed to find out about him um, oh, Sam was all over this right at the beginning, um, mm. uh, uh, looking at his, um, I think his um, his website has so many wonderful and crazy details. Um, uh, and, I, and, and one of them I just can't say, and, and it's not because <laughs> <laughs> it's particularly secretive. Anyone able to give this one a try? He, he grew up in that place that is the longest word in. Is it the longest yeah. word? Uh, I think the it's Isle of the Ang- longest place name. Yeah. The longest. Is it the longest place? Okay. Yeah. The so. Isle of Anglesey in North Wales. I was wondering, like, how mean Jess was going to be <laughs> in the quiz later. <laughs> Does anyone have any, yeah. any idea That's how? I, mean, I was going to challenge Emma it. to spell it out letter by letter. <laughs> Shall I try and say it? <laughs> give it a go. What's the worst that can happen? If people write in complaining from Wales, you're, you're not going to be here to receive the complaints, so it's fine. This is true. Lanfair, Pwil, Gwyn, Nil, Gwyn, Goggery, Cotner, Drob, Willianti, Cilio, Gog, Gog, Gog. I mean, it sounds <laughs> Very great to me. Delivery. <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> <clears throat> yes, so uh, as I mentioned, the, the announcement uh, is slightly tinged with sadness uh, because it will be the last well, almost certainly the last new housing minister uh, day to celebrate during your tenure at EG, won't it, Emma? Unless something dramatic happens next week and we have a very short tenure, then yes, sadly. So I did get a couple of emails from people saying like, oh, you get to have another housing minister while you're still there. (laughs) (laughs) So... There's always the conversation with a new housing minister, and I really like that. That, that how different outlets um, choose to to count the number of housing ministers over what time frame. Mm. And so we were saying, I think Alex was saying, isn't this number twenty since 
2000 and then actually sadly it was 19 since mm. 2000 but you had some kind of some co's at different points as well so that made it confusing and um and we had gone with i think the fifth in as many years it's so a fifth mm. in five years um others i think maybe 11 11 and 10 years um so so there's always the joy of of that one um but i need to i i need to i think i think i had three or four in my own mm. tenure yeah um and no favorite not bad going who was your favorite <laughs> come on come on name your favorite now it's generous isn't it generous well, generally, it's the Secretary of State. So, yeah, I mean, if we start to like to, yeah, I mean, yeah, of course it would be him. Like, <laughs> for pure pure entertainment. Um, yeah. Have we had more housing ministers or Secretary of State? Well, that's a good question. That is a good question. Really good I, question. I don't know. Probably, I think during my time, about the same. Um, but yeah. And generally. Uh, and indeed. <laughs> This this is going to be your 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 final appearance on EG Light Sunday Morning, which is a great shame for for all our listeners. So just for anyone who who doesn't know, what are you going to be what are you going to be doing next, Emma? Oh yeah, I'm going to take a little, little couple of weeks holiday, and then I start my new job on um, March the first at JLL, working with former news EG news editor Nick Whitten in the Resi research team. Um, so digging into what I'd love to dig into the build mm-hmm. rent industry spreadsheets data research mm-hmm. and people um so mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of an extension of what I've already been doing I guess but um but a big change um so that's sad to leave everybody but I'm sure you'll be you'll be staying in touch and you'll be a, a source of intelligence for us yeah uh, I hope so I hope that um and and then well, I'll be probably plugging my own research and trying to get yeah. <laughs> I we'll try it. We'll, it. we'll we'll have to reach out to you next time we get a, a new housing minister day and see reach out to you for comment. Uh, I think that would, that would be a good way forward. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Pui, uh, other than coping with the the prospect of this loss, um, you've been uh, busy this week uh, as well, and uh, we've had a vote of confidence in retail from CBRE. So, so w- what are the details? I have been yes. I've been trying to distract myself from uh, from the impending uh, loss. Um, but yes, um, big big news in in retail. So um, one of the best known major corporate agents has bought one of the best known niche agents um, in the UK, and that is CBRE. Uh, last week signing a deal to buy uh, CWM, which is Scott Murdoch's uh, consultancy. Um, for for those of you who don't know, I mean. It's the biggest sign yet that, um, you know, um, a significant comeback could be on the cards for activity in in bricks and mortar uh, retailing. And uh, CBRE has also since sort of bulked up their ranks, too, with uh, with another hire um, from Fawcett Mead, um, a a senior director called Richard Bashford. Um, So that's not to say you know, there won't be more pain to come in retail. Mm. I think that's still, you know, everyone's still expecting that. But it's definitely an interesting one to watch because, you know, where CBRE goes, you know, will, will other corporates follow? I mean, what's this going to mean for, for the retail uh, agency world? Um, there are there are many more questions um, to, to sort of uh, uh, unpack there. And, um I guess in the meantime, while the agency teams look set to move over with Scott, it's sort of crunch time for the parts of CWM's business uh, that that are held in joint ventures. So um, it has an out of town um, business 
a, a retail consulting division uh, and a high street investment team. And these are all held in sort of separate joint ventures. And at the time of recording, not clear on sort of what they've officially decided to do. Um, you know, do you pick life go, going back to life with a with a big corporate or do you you know do you want to stick with doing your own thing and, and being you know uh, there your own the master of your own um destiny i don't know mm. it's, a, it's a tough one um mm. but um but yeah some big news um, yeah so sam in our fearless leader talks in her editorial this week about different factors that might impact retail like the, the rising cost of living obviously but then offset against the, the prospect that that many people might have uh, a bit of savings built up um, during the pandemic. So what, what do you think 2022 will look like for retail, particularly bricks and mortar retail? It's it's a really, it's, it, that is a tough question. Um, <laughs> That's what I'm here for, is, to ask I'm not questions. sure, as someone who has almost pretty much entirely moved to online delivery during the <laughs> pandemic, I mean, I, I don't know, I know, controversial, uh, lots of raised eyebrows just now. <laughs> but, um, That's only because you know I love a shopping centre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but it will be really interesting, and I guess another thing to watch out for is the, um, the upcoming um, arbitration as well um you know the the rent moratoriums being lifted um for for tenants so it will be really interesting to see how the dynamics between um retailers and, and landlords pan out um over the coming months and what that could mean as well as a kind of knock-on effect on on uh, bricks and mortar retailing there so I don't know maybe I haven't really answered your question here Jess but, <laughs> but no, no, you've led into another one though so, so, so on the rent front um Mike Ashley's Fraser's group has been oh, making yeah. headlines again that is a nice segue yeah um fantastic you didn't even know you were doing it yeah. Um, so um, Mike Ashley, yeah, he's he's at it again. Um, this time his Fraser's empire has informed landlords um, that after much deliberation and discussion, they've decided to switch to monthly rents. And from now on, please, can they be sent um, monthly invoices? Um, oh, and also that there might be a slight delay in uh, rent payments as it <laughs> takes time to bed in this new monthly cycle. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a, a common grievance. I think among landlords, as it turns out, you know, Sports Direct isn't the first uh, to try out this tactic, but it's not one that many fight back against because mm. I guess in a world of CVAs and, and prepacks, you know, what's what's a strong arm to switch to, to monthly in comparison, yeah. right? But um, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty sucky for institutional types. So I spoke to um, a, a lawyer about it, uh, Alison Hardy from um, Ashurst, and she says. Yeah, um, and, and she said no. So landlords shouldn't have to roll over for these kinds of tactics if, if they can afford it, um, if they can't afford it even. Um, you can, in fact, pursue uh, a claim for the full quarter rent and a declaration from them that they have to pay on a quarterly basis uh, as per the contract that was signed. So OK, so we wait uh, with interest to see if anyone uh, does exactly that. Exactly. <laughs> uh, turning to Evelina. Uh, this week, you've been digging into the results of Deloitte's regional crane survey, which is always a, a highlight uh, of the calendar. Uh, what are the findings? Oh, it's very interesting. Resi is all over it. So apparently mm -hmm. this year, uh, residential areas are dominating in new buildings. Uh, that's also including student accommodation, which I think very exciting. And it kind of brings up the point that we have discussed with Pui earlier that, you know, uh, another sign uh, that 
no one needs offices nowadays as everyone is working from home so it's better to turn to get more attention for homes mm. isn't it oh that's we... a bold statement mm. though <laughs> no one needs offices I don't, i'd like to know what some people think about that <laughs> some not, not necessarily there. the views of our company uh, I think we should probably say. but yeah i can see the excitement in emma's eyes at the the, the the news that residential and btr is booming at least I mean, to me, it's always that eternal um, competition. It always comes back to the resi versus offices, doesn't it, Jess? <laughs> Indeed, it yeah. does. And, and for, <laughs> for this week, we'll, we'll let resi win. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So the great survey was on Emma's side this week. <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations, you won this bottle. <laughs> I'll let Graham show no. <laughs> um, and uh, in addition, on the other half of your your very extensive beat, uh, Evelina, you have news on on what the levelling up white paper means for life sciences. So, what's the temperature in the sector? Well, again, it's it's been very controversial, and I have received very mixed views on this. I mean, uh, on one hand, it's obviously very nice to see that the government is moving away from the golden triangle from the southeast and bringing some investment in the north, and it's very exciting. The investment has been in the people first, and mm -hmm. so we are seeing uh, people bringing more innovations, supporting the startups, you know, that's very exciting. However, there were some concerns raised by the companies that uh, there should be more support from the government and especially from the side that the drugs should be bought by the government. Like it's very interestingly that NHS is uh, more likely to get drugs from the US or from mm. Germany rather than buy the like the homemade ones from the UK. So yeah, I get so many concerns from the people in the industry that apart from leveling up, that could mm. be another big, big support for the our life sciences companies in this field. Um, it makes sense. I imagine they, they must be sort of lobbying and, and trying to exert pressure to make that happen. Yeah, because actually we don't really have where to put our own drugs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're buying them from overseas, so we're going to export our one. Because, I mean, <laughs> that what happens in the US. They support their drug production. In Germany, mm. they support their drug production. So why don't we do the same and support our yeah. drug production? Uh, well, uh, everyone's got why... pretty sad life. <laughs> <laughs> really uh, thinking about the topic. <laughs> Plenty, plenty of people in real estate wondering why the, the government doesn't offer more support. So it's it's not necessarily a, a surprise to hear that, is it, guys? Oh, yeah, probably, perhaps. <laughs> OK, so time for a quiz. Uh, last week, the wonderful peers introduced a brand new round to the quiz of the week, uh, challenging Tim and Emma with the question, how well do you know each other's bits? Uh, something which clearly bears only one perfectly straightforward meaning uh, and could not be misinterpreted in any way. Uh, well, I'm sure that each other's bits will make a return on future episodes of EGLSM. But since this week we are marking the end of an era, today's quiz could only about be about one thing and one thing only. The remarkable Emma Rosser. So My bits. <laughs> your bits. Pui and Evelina, you can both sit back, relax, perhaps even offer a little <laughs> encouragement. As I ask Emma, how well do you know your own bits? <laughs> By which, of course, I mean the many, many stories you've written in just over uh, four years that you've spent at EG. So are you ready? Yes. This is and I have to confess, uh, I have had a little help on this. Uh, from a certain from a certain Tim Burke, uh, who I also believe had a little bit of assistance from Pui. Uh, so your first question, 
Now, I'm told that your first story for EG in 2017 asked the following question in its headline. What now for Toys R Us landlords? But who got the byline for that story, which has still not been corrected online? Ah, <laughs> uh, my rival, Emma Rosa. <laughs> Emma Rosa. She, did she only ever write one story for us? But what I do? Yeah, she took the retail beat <laughs> for one when, when day. I, when I joined a few months after this article was written, I was very disappointed to learn we'd hired Emma Rossa as our <laughs> residential correspondent and not the very insightful Emma Rosa. <laughs> this all came up to David Hatcher sitting me down and trying to draw pictures explaining CMBS to me <laughs> and oh, my head exploded. Um, I can't believe I came back. <laughs> so if, if you ever if you ever like decide to to write novels as a second career you could use Emma Rosa as your your pseudonym for your literary career Emma. I might try and pitch some um, EG op-eds and bring back um, <laughs> Emma Rosa. <laughs> okay <laughs> question two which major political figure did you chat with for only 10 minutes in 2019 and still managed to turn into an 800 word interview? Oh, was it? I think it was six minutes with Sadiq Khan. Six minutes. Oh, Tim, Tim overestimated that. The, overestimated. It was Sadiq Khan. Six yeah. minutes, 800 words. He must have been flapping his gums furiously during those six minutes. <laughs> my, I think my hands were shaking at the end. I was like, please say that this is recorded, like cowering in a corner and listening back to it. <laughs> okay. Question three. In January 2020, you went viral. Uh, with a little bit of help from EG's picture desk, uh, with your story about plans to develop what inside a listed gas holder on Old Kent Road? It was the Alligator Park. It was the Alligator Park. <laughs> that that assume... picture really was the was the the real star. <laughs> is that, that is, is that, that... Gonna... That's the one for the history books. I mean, we like we were talking about murals for, you know, for the EG walls in the office. I think that, that Blow that picture up. Gigantic. Is it, is it the only alligator related story you've, you've written? I, there was a there was a sad follow up that was the, oh. the alligator park that was mm. no longer going to happen. That's true. Um, but I think that's probably the only two. Boo. <laughs> how did how did the Marble Arch Mound happen and the alligator park didn't? I mean, that just <laughs> that just shows you what's wrong with the world, isn't it? Um, OK, question four. The same year you had a big scoop uh, with news of a former retail park in Mill Hill being snapped up for a new logistics hub which must uh, have disappointed you because it derailed plans for £300 <laughs> build-to-rent development. But who was the buyer? Oh, the giant that is Pui's favourite. Go to online shopping, Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, indeed it was. You, you know your bits very well, Emma. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. Um, so <laughs> question five. Uh, of course, throughout 2020, you kept everybody sane during the pandemic with your weekly uh, feature lockdown diary uh, who will for, forever be known as diary's younger cousin uh, <laughs> which featured insights into how into how some of the industry's major figures uh, were dealing with uh, covid lockdowns among them was nick walkley then uh, chief executive at homes england but which band did he confess an aversion to um I want to say Spandau Ballet. Oh, she's nailed it. She has got it right. Is it? It it, it is indeed five out of five. I can't believe I remember that. (laughs) Finally, one of your most recent stories from earlier this month headlined, JLL expands resi research with new hires. Uh, My question is this. 
Did you, Emma Rossa, manage to keep a straight face while referring to yourself, Emma Rossa, in the third person when you typed Marcus Dixon is joined by Emma Rossa as associate, <laughs> tasked with elevating living sector research in build to rent student and later living to senior analysts? Uh, there were many different emotions, to be honest. I, um, I, I, I did think it was quite funny. I was a bit nervous that it was going to get through. Um, <laughs> I did, I did check with people before before filing. I think it. what you should have done is you should have bylined the story Emma Rosa. That should have been Emma Rosa's <laughs> second story. <laughs> uh, writing about Emma Rosa. That would have How that poetic, been nice, a nice, nicely cyclical. Uh, I could, of course, keep going with questions about the prodigious output of a tireless journalist who is among the most dedicated, hardworking colleagues I've ever known, uh, with sector knowledge that is unmatched and who from the start has always been one of the brightest and most enthusiastic participants in EG Like Sunday Morning. Not only that, but she has a knack for finding diary stories that few can match. When she has a good one, she uh, messages me direct, but when it's rubbish, she forwards it on anonymously from the EG news desk email. <laughs> I will miss those messages from Desky perhaps most of all. Uh, Emma, I'm sure I speak for the whole EG team when I say what a huge loss you'll be for us and what a massive gain you'll be for JLL. They don't know how lucky they are. Oh, Jess, <laughs> you're going to make me cry. That's so sweet. Thank you to everybody else as well, um, just for being great and having a nice time. Also, we had quite a lot of drinks last night. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, best of luck. Uh, so thanks, uh, Pui and Evelina as well. I'm sure we'll be seeing you back on EGLSM soon. Um, and to everyone at home, you have been listening to EG Like Sunday Morning.